Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gorgab. I am your host, Uncle Pony Boy. not joined by DJ Gill right now because this week we are going to do a very special episode. We have Paul T. Taylor, who plays Pinhead in Hellraiser Judgment, on with us, and we had a great interview with him about Hellraiser Judgment, about his acting career, and he really gave me high hopes for this movie because, as you all know, I'm a massive Hellraiser fan. I love love the franchise i own all the movies and it makes me really excited talking to him for the new movie because he really talked about the passion that went into it and the love behind it uh gary j tunnicliffe the director has been part of the franchise since the third movie doing special effects and and behind the scenes work paul has been a, a lifelong horror movie and hellraiser fan so so we sat down with him and got some really cool info for you guys, and we're really excited for you to hear all of it. So ended up running about an hour long, so instead of doing the usual sit and bullshit for 30 minutes and then talk about a movie for 30, 45 minutes, we're just going to drop this interview in and let you soak it all in to your brain grapes. It's going to be really, really cool. So without further ado, here is Paul T. Taylor. We are here with Paul T. Taylor. Uh, he is going to play Pinhead in the new Hellraiser movie. Paul, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing fantastic. We're also here with uh, the guy that always sits next to me, DJ Gill. Hello. <laughs> Hello, DJ. So, Paul, you had a, you had rehearsals tonight, correct? I did. Uh, can yep. you tell us what what you're working on right now? Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll it'll thrill horror fans to know that I am playing the old green grasshopper in a production of James and the Giant Peach at Dallas Children's Theater. <laughs> oh man, listen, I grew up on some uh, James and the Giant Peach, so that is actually very exciting to me. Yeah, well, Roald Dahl is you know he's dark. He, it, it's children's stories, but. His writing is is dark, you know. Well, uh, well I, I even really remember cool. the uh, I, I remember the, uh, the you know the cartoon that they released. Uh, I think it was yeah, in the nineties, really maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, and it was dark. Yeah. For, for a children's cartoon. Yeah, it went into animation as soon as he got into the Peach, and Susan Sarandon was the voice of the Miss Spider, and I don't know what else, but yeah, it was it was very. It's just. This stuff is so cool. So I'm I'm really excited about it. I've worked at this particular theater before, um, but mostly what I've done there has been pretty light fare. I mean, and this is light, you know. It's children's theater. It's entertainment. It's not right. going to not here to change lives, except you know maybe we'll you know touch some kids in the right way. Um, <laughs> right. And uh, good touch. Good touch. Uh, and and entertain, and it's it's full of special effects and it, and I'm just playing it nutty old um British 
grasshopper who plays the violin. It's really, it's really pretty mm-hmm. cool. I'm, I'm doing my best to do sort of an homage to um, Terry Thomas, who is an old, I mean, long deceased, I believe, character actor who's kind of been forgotten about. But he, anyway, he, he's this very funny comedian with a gap between his teeth and sort of has an S problem and looks very proper <laughs> and uh, crazy. Right. I just figure, you know, this guy's old and little nutty. So he's a musician. So anyway, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Pinhead does children's theater, just like Vincent Price. You know, Vincent Price was did uh, entertain the kiddies as well, and I just think it's good to be well rounded. <laughs> well, so it's actually, so my favorite place a, in Dallas to work. Huh? You, you've been doing uh, you've been doing stage stage acting for a long time, correct? Yeah, actually, all my life, really. I mean, I, I started out doing uh, children's theater when I was a kid. I watched my dad. I was growing up. He was a dentist, but he put himself in dental school, and he wanted to be an actor, so he did community theater, and I watched him, and then I tried it, and I was hooked. And it, it was kind of it's in my blood. My my His father was in vaudeville, and I don't know how much further it goes back than that, but his dad was in vaudeville, played the trumpet, and was a comedian, and so it's just, it's just, it's what I've done my whole life, and um, I grew, kind of grew up on the stage. And and when I decided very quickly that that's what I wanted to do, no one could, no one could talk me out of it. There was right, right. You know, much as so my parents this is, tried. This is something you grew up, you wanted to be an actor from from childhood, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the first play I did was in second grade or something. I think we did this. Town Mouse and the Country Mouse, or whatever it's called, City Mouse and the, whatever. I think we did that. I don't remember that well, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so you're you're doing this in Dallas, is what you said, right? Yeah, yeah. I live in Dallas. Um, I oh, okay. I I I moved to Dallas in the '80s. Then I moved to New York in the '90s. Then after then after uh, 9/11, I, I mean, I I was having some some. Some good success. I was having some wonderful success in New York, but um, I moved there when I was in my mid-30s, and that's a little too old. Now, in hindsight, I do believe that's a little too old to move to New York to be an actor because I wasn't as willing to be in that survival mode all the time just to be living in New York. So, um, But I did have some wonderful luck, and and I did some, some great things on some major stages. And well, I say they were great things. Other people might might beg to differ, but um, then after nine eleven, I just sort of lost my mind, and <laughs> you know, it just it just wasn't. It just suddenly was not the place where I wanted to be anymore. Even though I've right. grown up most of my life saying I belong in New York, I got to live in New York. I'm a New Yorker. Blah blah blah. It just didn't work out like I thought it would. So I moved back to Dallas and. Um, if I had not moved back to Dallas, I wouldn't be talking to you right now because I wouldn't have gotten this part. Well, you know, Daniel uh, I mean, and I were talking right before you called. We actually so so part of Hellraiser Judgment filmed in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area. Correct. I mean, like we're from yeah. Tulsa. Oh, cool! That's so cool. Yeah, I uh, all of my stuff was shot in Oklahoma City. Okay. In okay. a in an old warehouse that they in an alley. And and recently I was doing a play up there. I'd never worked in theater in Oklahoma City, but like almost exactly a year, it was exactly a year from the time that I shot my stuff for the movie. I was back in Oklahoma City working in a play, um, 
and I did I did a little couple little video things that I put on my Facebook fan page. Uh, here I am in the alley where we shot the scene, and here I am at the warehouse where we shot the scenes. And <laughs> I saw it was kind of fun. It was cool. To, oh, really cool. It was fun to oh, revisit yeah. those areas and to make those things. And here's my Paul T. Taylor persona. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it was it was it was so cool to just walk. It, it was a nice day. I walked to those from my from my bed and breakfast, and here I am. This is where we did this. <laughs> where right, history yeah. was made in the life of Paul T. Taylor. Well, you so, know, I I, uh, I actually heard about the filming uh, whenever it was going on, and I, I so badly wanted yeah. to come down there and <laughs> try to see, you know, what was going on down there. That's really cool that you you filmed so close. I'm a huge a huge Hellraiser fan, and so so since we're talking about Hellraiser, what uh, have you always had a big interest in horror movies? I mean, is that something that you've always been into, or yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was as a kid, I was I was dying to see horror movies, but my parents wouldn't let me. Although there was one night I remember seeing Trilogy of Terror, the Karen oh, Black yeah. trilogy yeah. with oh, a with yeah. a little okay. Zuni fetish doll. I know, scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Oh my god, I was just a kid. It was, and that thing scared me so much. Um, but like when I I do remember I got to see Jaws in the theater that. Technically, I guess to my parents wasn't a horror movie, but I couldn't see The Exorcist when it came out. I wasn't allowed to go to R-rated movies. The first film right. I saw it was R-rated. My dad took us to see, um, uh, not Hangs, what was it? The Mel Brooks uh, took us to see Blazing Saddles. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh my yeah. God, they're farting! It's so funny. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know that's not horror, but you know I love I love me some comedy too, Mel Brooks, etc. Um, but yeah, I, as soon as I experienced my first Halloween as a kid and and it actually registered in my brain that this is happening. We are monsters. We are scary. We are trick-or-treating and all that. Right. I was hooked. And just that, that whole world of witches and magic and evil and this, and the devil and all that stuff and the darkness and things to be afraid of and scaring people just, you know, I love living in that world. So, so that just sort of, then, then when I was old enough to go start seeing horror movies, finally got to see The Exorcist when I was 18, when I was in college, mm-hmm. even though I couldn't see it when it first came out because I was in seventh grade. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that stuck. My parents wouldn't let me. I read the book, but, and, and God, the book just freaked me out. But it's a, it's a great it. book. It's a great book. Oh, it's a great book. And the movie really is so well when, done. Uh, I was really upset when uh, William Peter Blatty passed away. Yeah, yeah. He was a major... God, he was a major talent. Oh yeah, and yeah. Um, oh, just amazing. Um, so yeah, I've always been into horror, and when when Hellraiser actually came out, I I started buying action figures. I mean, I I don't have action figures to very many horror movies, but that I bought when the movies when the movies actually came out. I have bought some since that are more contemporary horror that are kind of fun, but more as a collector. Right, um, right. to say, oh yeah, this is good. I'll hang on to this and maybe sell it later or whatever. Or I just, you know, whatever. Like I love well, the stuff from the crow, see, but I, I totally understand all of that because I also have my own. Uh, I have an entire room in my in my house dedicated to horror movie toys. I've got, in yeah, fact, I have. I do too. Multiple multiple Hellraiser figures. I've got Hellraiser posters. I've got the, the awesome. fly. The Crow, uh, Pumpkinhead. Yeah. Like, I love all that stuff, man. Oh, Pumpkinhead. Uh, what a uh, crazy, awesome monster. I mean, just like 
the people was that was that Winston who created that? I don't know if it was uh, Winston. Yeah, he I actually. Uh, I think I it think was. was the, I think that was the only movie that he directed. Was Pumpkinhead? Yeah, Man. yeah, yeah. So I mean, good. I think so Pumpkinhead's good. the great, the uh, the last great uh, movie monster in my book. I mean, I just think he was so 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 scary and so intimidating. Yeah, I, they, I, I mean, I, I I enjoy the monster from. Uh, uh, Jeepers Creepers. I enjoy that monster. Yeah. But oh, it yeah, is yeah. not, it, it, you know, it borrows heavily from others. I mean, the fact that it's not really a scarecrow, is it? It's, uh, I don't know what it is. So weird. <laughs> love yeah, it, yeah. I love it's it, hard, though. It's hard to I'm describe making, what he is. It's hard to describe what he is. He's a monster who drives a really crazy love truck. It's insane. It's just so insane. But, um, so I, I've collected... I, I also collected Hellraiser action figures, and I actually took my pinhead action figure and the Nika puzzle box that you know you made from collecting the action figures um, to my audition. And, uh, oh, that's great! And yeah, and the director—I mean, the, the casting director—said, you know, you can hold that during your audition if you want to. And I said, I don't want to because I didn't rehearse holding this. <laughs> right, I think yeah. it'll just throw me off. I just wanted do pinhead my pinhead so right um but for my slate you know where you say my name's paul t taylor i'm 511 and i live in Dallas or whatever uh i did hold it for that and i go and here's my action figure you know and <laughs> you know i don't know if my enthusiasm for the project helped get me the role but i can't like i can't imagine that it hurt you know right oh yeah, yeah. you know especially when gary j Tenacliffe, who was the cons- creative consultant on the action figures is directing it I think like hmm, this guy's the real he's, deal. He's had a he's had a hand in in uh, multiple Hellraiser movies, correct? I mean, he yeah, since yeah, since the third one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he did special he, effects, he, right? Yeah, he was living in England. He saw. I think he tells this story. So I mean, because it happened to him. Um, I believe it was Fangoria magazine. He was at a friend's house and he got, saw his first Fangoria, and he's like, "Can't anymore." And just, you know, fell in love with the whole world of that and decided that he, and then saw Hellraiser and decided to move to America and start an FX company and get on a Hellraiser set, which is exactly what he did. And then he works for 30 years in LA as as a makeup and effects person and, and starts crossing over into acting and directing. And then he writes and directs Hellraiser Judgment. And then like after that happened, he sold his business after 30, I don't know, after 28, I don't know, 25 years in L.A. doing that, he has now moved to Romania um, and no oh, longer wow. wants to do makeup and effects, you know, chiefly makeup and effects. He wants to write and direct and, and perform in a rock band. I'm like, more oh, power to you, man. Yeah. Do it. You know, yeah, he's, yeah. Follow, he, he's pursuing his dream. I think he just, his dreams, he just uh, was like, yeah, I did that and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes from that. But yeah, very cool. But it, I mean, it's all sort of connected, you know. I feel like, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be so lofty as to say it's destiny that I'm playing Pinhead because that's like, no, that's that's silly. But, but it, I was sort of always aimed in this direction, you know, and wanting to be a movie star or wanting to be in movies. Okay, wanting to be a movie actor. That's what it is. Wanting to be right. a movie actor more than wanting to be a theater actor, actually. But not really having the whatever ingredients I was missing to go to L.A. and to pursue just film, you know, whether it was right. fear, whatever it was, 
whatever kept me from that. Now, at this point in my life, it is sort of from from 35 years in the business. It's it came to me, and and this is what I'm doing now. And it's like, wow, I'm pinhead. <laughs> right. It's really well, amazing, and I got it in from Dallas. You know, you're a, you're a now you're a Hellraiser fan, right? I mean, you this is absolutely a, these are movies that you that you really enjoy. Absolutely, I mean, Pinhead is and has always been my favorite. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, you, I, agree I, I count I count four. I mean, I count three. Pinhead is not Hellraiser. Never made as much money as um, Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare right. on Elm Street. So he's not, and he's not as He's not as, he's less, he's not as easy to, I don't know, somehow relate to as those other three. He's not as, I don't, he's very, it's a very strange, quirky sort of, well, here's a detour from, from horror, not formulas, but it, it just, he, he's just not, anyway, okay, I'm getting off I know what track. you mean. I what think, I'm I think saying it's like, is, it's like uh, the, the, he touches on Those stuff are, that most people don't like to think about, like the the, the pain and yeah. pleasure, indivisible, yeah. like yeah, you know, that, it's that really line between pain and pleasure, that kind of stuff. Like I think a lot of people find yeah. that off putting. It is because I mean it came from Clive Barker's fascination with S and M, and that's where it all started because it's right. a it's a fact that you know Clive Barker was maybe still is into that, and that's where that's where he got the kernel that became Hellraiser, that became the Hellbound Heart. And of those four, Hell, he, Pinhead was always my favorite. I don't know if it's, it's not only that he speaks eloquently, but it's his appearance is so just fat, fascinating. It's just fascinating. The whole idea of having nails in your skull. And being alive and just walking around in this agony and sort of liking it and and just it's it's insane it's in, it's in it's another form of insanity and but he's so calm and I just really yeah so yeah <laughs> huge Hellraiser fan from the from the very beginning I think well, when so, I first saw it thirty years ago I didn't exactly understand where it was coming from right it, you know and um, but just love it love it. <clears throat> So, so how I did think, you how did you actually get involved in Hellraiser Judgment? I mean, was it like a casting call type thing, or was it just well, did you get offered to interview or uh, audition, or how, how did that? Get I, I did audition. I did audition. I have a very good relationship with the casting director, um, Chris Freihofer, who is um, he's based in Edmond, Oklahoma, which is of course a suburb of Oklahoma City, and oh wow, he's cast yeah. me over the years in in um, films and TV and commercials. And we have a very good relationship, fortunately. And he uh, actually, I received an email, a group email. It wasn't just me; it was other people in my agency as well, being uh, being read for other roles as well. Um, and in that in that email, I wasn't being I was it wasn't he wasn't saying I want to see Paul for Pinhead. He was saying I want to see Paul for the Auditor. And I read mm-hmm. the role, and I I was like, this is perfect for me and oh my god this is a hellraiser script i could just tell yeah. it wasn't called <laughs> right. hellraiser they were keeping that they were keeping it a secret right um, yeah the description the plot description the very short one about the maze of horror and and then otter's first line i was like this is a freaking hellraiser movie 
<laughs> then I got a personal email, an email sent just to me, because it was all supposed to be this secret, that they wanted to put me on tape for Pinhead. So Chris came down to Dallas. He 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 uh, he gets a ho- he um, always uses the same hotel where he puts uh, his actors on tape. He's a very good, such a good casting director, such a good reader, and just doesn't let you do a bad audition. It's really great. But I had, I had four days to get, I mean I had four days to get off book to nail these roles, and um, so I went in there and I I gave my audition and. I had uh, decided that this was going to be the best audition for a film I'd ever given because I knew what I was doing and I had right. plenty of time to learn the lines. And well, then, you're a um, fan, so you kind of understand like what. Exactly, and I know right. what Pinhead traditionally, I know what Doug Bradley sounds like. So right. I didn't try to sound exactly like him because I can't, but I did it my way, you know, did this into the British, did, and just did it. and And just, I was sitting in the waiting room because it's in a, it's you're in a hotel and it's kind of noisy and the help kind of gets sort of boisterous and it, so we're sitting out there waiting to go into the the ballroom where where it's taped and I had my I had my earplugs in and I had my I was like I had my sunglasses on and wasn't saying hello to any of the other actors <laughs> I am in the zone nobody fuck with me because I have got to go in here and just do this. Yeah. And I didn't have your and, shit, I, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't have a callback. It and it just I just heard that I was the director's first choice. I was some of the studio's first choice. It was just gonna take a while to get the tape onto the Weinsteins and blah blah blah. And then um uh um I think it was Harvey. I don't know which Weinstein was I think it was Harvey. Was it Con Film Festival? And they had he he had to be the final word. Everybody else had said yes except for this Weinstein guy, and and so this Weinstein guy, I call him, sure he loved Bob him. or Harvey, um, one, one of the two. I think it was Harvey. Um, so they send in my audition tape, and he's at con, and his phone, it, the the file's too big, so he gets it like on a Friday, and I've already been waiting two weeks or three weeks or I don't know how long. Um, so then I had to wait yet another weekend and on, on, they had to resend in the thing and he had, anyway, he wasn't able to see it. And so he had to resend it to him. He finally saw it. So one Sunday morning, the casting director, I've just, I've just made my coffee. I'm just sitting down to drink that. And I get a text saying, are you awake? <laughs> yeah, that's, welcome to the movie, Pinhead. I was like, oh, <laughs> So yeah, I can't even yeah. imagine the excitement. I mean, were you like, were you elated? I mean, was that just like the most exciting yeah, moment of your life? It was yeah. just I couldn't stop. You know, I couldn't stop. You know, I was right. so high. I was so high on that. I mean, for weeks. But when it first, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. it was, yeah, it was insane. And then even, yeah, I've, I'm still high about it. Sometimes I'm just like, what? The? <laughs> I know how it happened, and it's it's very exciting. And I'm a realist, and and. Uh, you know, it's like, well, because, because crazy dreams can come true. All you have right. to do oh, yeah. is put the energy out there. You don't know how it's going to come back. It's not like I would said, okay, universe, I'm going to be pinhead in a movie. I never, <laughs> I mean, you don't, I wasn't, I wasn't aiming for that. I was just like, I want movie work. I want film work. I want film work. I want film work. And right. uh, <laughs> it's crazy. 
So, so you know, anyway. there's there's obviously going to be some, you know, there's that group of people that, that, you know, they love Doug Bradley. I mean, he did it for eight movies, you know. So how have yeah. you had to deal no, personally no. With, with any backlash? Or, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited well, to see your take on it. I mean, I, I love Doug Bradley, too, but I'm really, really excited to see a new take on the role. So, I mean, how, how yeah. have you dealt with any of that that you've experienced so far? Well, first of all, thank you for being excited, Ryan. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait, man. No, really um, I... Um, I was warned from the beginning. I mean, yes, obviously there has been backlash. We we have all kinds of people with keyboards who are, you know, they'll say whatever they want. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, you're so brave with your keyboard. What are you <laughs> doing with your life? But um, anyway, that's beside the point. I uh, I don't want to insult anyone. Yes, I do. Well, I will. <laughs> Uh, for, for this moment, Listen, we're the, we're laid the, back around here, man. You can <laughs> you can do you can say well, what you need to say. My my, I, I've I've been changing over the last few months. You know, I'm I'm a little more like God, shut up. You know, but right. um, yeah, I was Gary warned me from the very beginning. He said, you know, and and I, and I already knew that there are hardcore. Only Doug Bradley can play Pinhead. Hellraiser fans. Right, yeah. And while I don't agree with that about any movie or any role or any play, it's like any, you know, any role can be played by any number of people. To say that there's only one Pinhead is untrue. Doug Bradley is a person, is an actor who played Pinhead. Pinhead is a character. Okay, I'm getting to us. That's blah, 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 blah. But, um... (laughs) I I am honored that I get to play Pinhead. I know that there's this rich history um, in front of me, and and I I did my best to live up to that uh, because I'm as big a Doug Bradley fan as many people. I don't think, right. you know, I'm not a fanatic. I'm not I'm not you know, I'm not going to kiss anybody's feet because they are the end all and be all of, of acting everything. You know, it's right, but. I do understand where these people are coming from, and while I respect anyone's right to have and express an opinion, it has it, it it's rather annoying to hear the same thing over and over again, and the ins, and the insults. It's like right. it's, it's completely pointless for these people to judge the film before they've seen it, and to judge me before they've seen what I'm doing in it, and to judge pictures from the set that aren't even necessarily from the movie that are just like right. a shot of me standing there in a costume. You know, it, it's, it's just really silly, but, but well, I mean, if you people, look at like, if you look at Friday the 13th, Halloween, anything like that, yeah, I mean, how yeah. many different people play these iconic characters? You know I mean? The only other one that I can really think of that was a consistent person would be Robert England as Freddy Krueger. You know, exactly. So, and, and, you know, look, so, and I mean, those actors guys brought their own thing to it. You know, I'm excited to see you bring your own thing to it, you know. Well, thank you. Thank you. No, yeah. With the the whole um, Freddie, you know, um, Jackie Earl Haley is a brilliant actor. Oh, he's He's a brilliant actor. But when he played Freddie, people didn't like him in it. And it, it was, he wasn't doing what Robert England did. He wasn't directed to do what Robert England did. The script didn't call for him to do what Robert England did and the makeup didn't do what Robert England's makeup did. 
it was like, this is a new interpretation and people didn't want to accept it. Um, I want I'm going to go back, back and watch that movie again and just see what he actually did do because I'm pretty sure he's terrifying, but, but <laughs> yeah, not, he is in but his not, own way. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm not sure that he's funny. I'll have to see it again. It's been a long time since I saw that movie. Well, and there's see, another the guy I know. Like, you go back to the original Nightmare on Elm Street movies, though, and Freddy wasn't played as that funny character. That was something that they brought in, you know, maybe like, because the third one is, is a pretty scary movie, and it's got some pretty gory, intense stuff in it. And then once you get past that point, it becomes like a, he becomes almost like a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. And it can become you know, a so, parody of the scary. If right. you're too funny, then you're not, you're just not as scary. I mean, I I would venture to say that in Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, um, Pinhead is, to me, not as scary because oh, no. he's he's laughing, he's carrying on, and, and I know that that's what the script called for. And right. I'm sure Doug Bradley had a great time filming that movie. I know I would have, too. I mean, he yeah. was off for a shame. Yeah, I would have yeah. loved it. That would I'm sure he had a blast. And it's a, it's... It's different. It's just different, you know. It's a different kind of Hellraiser movie, and a lot of fun to watch. But it's just not to me. It's not as scary. And uh, um, I do love some of the creations, though. Some of the new Cenobites that come up are just so right. So almost camp, though. They're 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 kind of they're 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 terrifying and gross, but they're also kind of jokes, like the CD guy and. Well, and, um, and I think that I think that's the movie where it really they really started to do the campy stuff with the Hellraiser franchise. And I think that uh, what is it? Is it um, Inferno? They kind of they tried mm-hmm. to go back to more of like a, a serious like Pinhead. Pinhead wasn't in the it very much. Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and it was, yeah. he was more of like a driving force behind everything rather than just a right. uh, a villain. You know, so right, right. Like the like the first couple of films, you know, where he where his, his screen time was so limited. I mean, exactly. in number two, obviously, it was a lot more than in number one. Sounds like I'm talking about duty and PP, but um, <laughs> number one and number two. Um, sorry, that was stupid. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're good. But yeah, um, the there's no um, speaking of which. Hello, I'm Pinhead in Hellraiser Judgment. And the script, the script is not, it, it, it's, it's more the dark, somber Pinhead. It's kind of, um, kind of a different time in Pinhead's, I would say life, that doesn't seem like the right word, his existence. Um, like some time has gone by. He's changed his clothes and yeah, he's a little more, he's a little more just doing his job, you know? Right. And still, still enjoying aspects of it, but it's more, he's more, he's working. Right. He's, he's making things work. Although the, 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 all the little people, I'll call them, that work, are they in cahoots with Pinhead are really doing the, the work, you know, Pinhead right. obviously the boss. Right. Um, the priest, the hell priest. But, so, uh, so, so you're, you know, there are new characters that they've that they've created for this movie. So, like you, you mentioned the auditor earlier, uh-huh. and there, there are a couple other ones. What can you tell us about those? Uh, 
Not too much. I, just because I don't, I mean, I could tell you a lot, but I just don't want to give anything away. But right. just suffice, I mean, of course, you could read the auditor's character description somewhere online. You could find it easily because I think even the audition on notice has made the rounds and people have read that and go, oh, the auditor, he's this guy. He's sort of an accountant type. Let's say he's very officious. He's okay. maybe the office manager um, in the... I will simplify it and say offices of hell, but that's not what it is. That's just right. the way I'm like layman's terms. Uh, I used to say it's office space in hell, but that office space is a comedy, so obviously it's not. Yeah. But it's still got that same, we're working, we're working, we're processing souls. There's this other plane that we've never seen, this other part of the power of the universe that we've never seen before which allows us to introduce some new characters which can live on in further Hellraiser's peoples if we want those to happen, you know, and and introduces um, yet another new character who I really just can't, just can't talk about. But it, yeah. um, very, it's a very cool element that comes in later in the movie and sort of finishes out the movie and becomes something rather important in the, Hellraiser story by the end of the film. And that's going to be, you know, that's completely, Gary has introduced something completely new that can, that will work with Clive Barker's world. Not only the, 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 the comic books and the graphic novels that have been written that are Hellraiser based, but just Clive Barker's whole universe, you know, the early working right. book, like the books of blood and everything. Love the you know how we've seen... by the way. Yes. Oh, my God, I do, too. Did you read the Scarlet I, Gospels? I, I did. I did. What, you, what, I what, like, what, oh what are your God. thoughts on the Scarlet Gospels? Well, I I totally enjoyed reading it. it it's a long read. Um, yeah. yeah. And, but I loved my favorite part. Natu- I mean, I started reading it after I got the part. So that's probably why... This next statement is true. My favorite part was, of course, all the pinhead stuff. Of course, I mean, that would probably be true for a lot of people. But, you know, all these relationships with these other characters who are trying to get to pinhead while pinhead is going through these different levels and different places, trying to get to the main man to destroy all these demons and so he can have a life, as it were, or die or move on, as it were. I loved all the descriptions of all these places he went. I just oh, yeah, thought, yeah. you know, it was just, Barker is just, you know, his, his, nobody writes like him. Nobody has his imagination or his way with words. I oh, mean, no, he makes yeah, the I, most I agree. nasty things sound so beautiful <laughs> and <laughs> exactly poetic. describing the people, yeah. Yeah, it's just, um, and... You know, I I realized that yes, he kills off Pinhead in this book, and but getting there was so much fun. It oh, took yeah. me a while to read it because I was working on a lot of other things at the same time, and mostly when I do my reading, it's at night, and I get sleepy, so then I have to reread what I read the night before and then go on. But you know, I, I uh, so yeah, I I thought it was great. I thought it was great. So, so uh, while we're while we're talking about, sorry, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say I'm reading Weave World right now, which I'd never read before, oh, and it's great very, it's a lot yeah. lighter fare. But God, it's just so cool. Yeah, it's oh yeah, so oh, cool. Great, great oh, secret show is also a great one. I haven't read it yet. I'm yes, making my way through all of the through all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, because <laughs> so, you know maybe I'll get to meet him someday. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, man. I would love to. That's not love what, to meet Clive Barker and and take his too. brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I hope he sees this, and I hope he likes it. I mean, that would just be such. Uh, that would be the the biggest compliment. Is a terrible word. I hate the word compliment. But I, it it would just be such an honor to have Clyde Barker watch the film and say that he liked it. I don't know if that will happen or not. We'll see. Whatever. <laughs> well, so I hope Doug Bradley would say the same thing. But I don't know. Who knows? Doug Bradley seems to be very. Uh particular so <laughs> yeah it's just particular is a good word let's yeah, use that yeah. word yeah so yeah. so you were talking about protective so, protective right, as well. yeah. yeah so yeah. you were talking about the the way that pinhead has a very small role in the first couple of movies is he yeah. is he more in line with like the first movie uh appearances of pinhead or is he more in line with with later stuff like in the movie a lot more in hellraiser judgments um well, there are uh, three or four short scenes with Pinhead sprinkled throughout the movie, and then at the end, there's a ten-page scene. Oh, so, wow, yeah. Okay. So it's a bit like, I guess, the second one, a bit in in that regard. But right. it is definitely a script where you couldn't do this film without Pinhead. You know, it's de- it's definitely one of those where, you know, some of the sequels were simply scripts that were reworked to make them into Hellraiser movies and put Pinhead in the script. Um, right. You know, and I'm not sure exactly which ones that's true with, but this was, this, this is definitely uh, a, a Hellraiser film where it's, it's more, it's more Pinhead than in the first one. Probably right. equal to the second one. I'm not real sure. But it's that and same formula as maybe the second one. And I know what you're talking about. I think it was uh, Hell World was one of them that was a different a different script. The, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then, uh, man, what was the one before that? Oh, my brain. I just went. Deader. Uh, Deader. Uh, that was another one. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, I actually, yeah. I, you know, I actually enjoyed Deader. I thought it was fun. Yeah, no, I, I, those, yeah, those crazy kids. Like watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those crazy kids wanting to be dead. What? <laughs> so, what can you tell us? I mean, is there anything that any juicy little tidbits you can give us about Hellraiser Judgment? I mean, I'm so excited for this movie. I'm like I said, I'm a huge, huge Hellraiser fan. I've been waiting for a new one. Revelations. I watched it. I wasn't yeah. a huge fan of it, but yeah, uh, like it I was, said, I, was, I'm really excited for your take on it. So I, I really want to. I can't wait for this to come out. So is there anything? I know there's not a release date set. I know there's not even a trailer out yet, but I do think all that's going to happen soon. I, I'm in, you know, I Gary's in Romania, but we keep in touch, and he'll send me a little. Hey, some news might be coming up soon, but that's about all he ever says. Right. Um, right. I, you know, I can only, I, I, I don't know what I can tell you. Um, 
I mean, I can I can tell you about what it was like working working on the movie, and but as far as the, I don't know if you want to know about plot points. I I can tell you this that it it does. This film revolves around a serial killer, um, and it's a bit like the a bit like Seven, you know, where it's the Seven Deadly Sins, where the serial killer really is going after, is killing people in very particular ways because of right. who they are and what they do in their world. You know, much like like a classic Hellraiser movie, it's more about the horrible people than it is about the Cenobites. Um, right. it, it, it's kind of a mixture of um, the Seven and The Cell uh, oh, mixed with Hellraiser. I, I love both of them. Yeah, it's kind of got that... <laughs> kind of got that feel to it at least when i read the right. script and and for the for the one week i was on set um filming my stuff that's really what it felt like to me um and i and at one point uh gary did mention to me that there was uh that, that his his inspirations that on the set uh that really drove the aesthetics of the film were what he called the david's Mm-hmm. And th- this isn't really a scoop, though. I'm sorry. I mean, I've told other people this too, but <laughs> listeners might find it interesting. Uh, but his his aesthetics that were driven were driven by the David, and what that means is Cronenberg, Lynch, and Fincher. So really, those are his. Oh man! When he was writing the script, when he was directing it, that's really kind of where he was trying to make that go. So I think that's going to be reflected in the beauty of it. I got this. I can tell you that I did get to see, uh, several months ago, I got to see an early trailer. Now, it wasn't the official trailer. It was a trailer that was put together uh, by some team for the, I think, the uh, promotional department or the or whoever the team that decides what to do with the actual finished film. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that the, the casting director was in town and he showed it to me, and he, I said, show it to me again. I said, show it to me again, show it to me again. I thought like four or five times. And I just howled. I just I just squeaked. I was so excited. <laughs> because you know that scene in, um, of course you know the scene, in The Shining with the blood coming out of the elevator. Oh, yes, it's just course, yes. It's just gorgeous, and it's just red and glorious. It looks like a river, and it's beautiful. It's in slow motion. Well, there was at one point there was an image of that in the trailer, and I just was it was gorgeous. Yeah. So I really think that there's going to be a beauty to. I think there's a real beauty to the filming of this movie that's gonna that's gonna knock people out. Um, That's not been in some of the other Hellraiser films. Revelations was, I mean, any, you know, any film that's done like, oh, handheld, here's a handheld, here's found found footage, you're not going to have any of that beauty. It's just not there. It doesn't have any of that. This is just like gorgeous filmmaking. So I'm hoping that 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 really, you know, stands out and and makes the movie stand out from some of the other Hellraiser films. Wow, so, I'm real. I'm really excited to see it, man. Like I said, I, I've been me too. I've been waiting. <laughs> I, I, I like. I, it's one of those things that I'm constantly looking for new information on. Like, when is this coming out? Like, when can I see this? Like, it's. it's I don't have any. No. It's like I've been waiting for. I I thought it was going to come out in March. Well, it's April, and right. it didn't come out. Um, I know. You know, there's a whisper, of a murmur, of a rumor, or whatever that. Maybe it'll be a Halloween release, but 
that doesn't mean it will even be released this year. Although right, if you go right. on IMDb, it says 2017. Right. So, right. but that could always be changed by anybody. Well, it, it could be changed, you know. Oh, and now it's 2018. Um, yeah, or, or they could decide they're going to release it next month. You, like, you just really never. Yeah, know they could. That's that's what's exciting about it is because I, there's there's I think there's something going on behind the scenes. I'm right. pretty sure something's going on just because of just because of what has been said to me by some of the powers that be recently. Like, I think, you know, something's happening with this. And I'm already, you know, I'm already doing convention appearances. It better come out. It better come out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and I've heard, I've heard uh, rumblings of a possible like limited theatrical release even. Do you know anything? I mean, is that, is that something that is, has been talked about? Do you know that? I think that they have bandied about the idea, but I, I really also believe that it's so expensive to actually do a theatrical release. Right. Um, when you have films that are competing with it, like Logan and uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. How, you know, and this is a fairly low-budget film, so to, to I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I think if it does get a theatrical release, it will be extremely limited. Um, well, you know, like and you one know movie, there's... Like, you have you have those independent horror movies right now. There's kind of like been like a resurgence in independent yeah. horror. You know, you've had you have stuff like Don't yeah. Breathe or, or The Witch or Green Room. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. That's really and they're good. low budget. Yeah. Oh, very. Yeah. Fairly. Exactly. Yeah. Fairly low. Recent, budget. We just recently yeah. watched uh, The Void, which was really uh-huh. cool. It, it was a very like. Yeah, it's like a, a like Lovecraftian, like a, like has like uh, hints of like the thing and from beyond uh, and horizon. Oh you should you yeah. should check it out, man. If you haven't seen it, I mean it's it, it's a it's a great little low budget horror I movie. I think I think I've read about it. Like once a month or twice a month, I'll go to Barnes and Noble and I'll just sit down and read horror magazines. <laughs> and yes, of course, I'm looking for my name. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm looking for my name, okay, and my picture. Okay, the first time right. the, the volume one uh it was um uh issue one of Horrorville, which is a British horror magazine. It came out I don't know, a year ago. It's quarterly, so the third one just came out, so I guess it's less than a year ago. Um I I had just done my first um my first convention in Tyler, Texas, and I was on my way back to the hotel and I'm like, I don't want to go to the hotel. I'm excited. I'm going to go to Barnes & Noble and look at horror magazines. And I get this new thing, Horrorville. What is this? It's issue one. And I open it up, and there's my name. Oh. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. I, you know, I, okay, I admit it. I am I, I'm a sucker for celebrity, fame, all that. It's not. I know it's ultimately it's not important to a person. It is not important in our existence at all. It does not matter. But to see your name in a in a horror magazine for the first time, it was so exciting. Oh yeah, just like yeah. oh my god. And Heather Langenkamp says, and blah blah blah. I'm like, what? oh yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Did you work with her at all? I did not, but I did meet her at um, Texas Frightmare last year. I went as a. I'm paid to get in. I because I, nobody knew who I was. 
I, I went and I met her and I said, hi, I'm Paul Taylor and I'm doing uh, a pinhead with you and blah, blah, blah. She looks around and she goes, well, get used to this because this is your new lifestyle. I'm like, great. I like it. I really love the conventions. I mean, so far, all the people I've met have been so cool. Everyone oh, yeah, is like who they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, they, they come to no judgment. people like you. You know, I mean, exactly. it's like, oh, shit, this is pinhead. You know, so yeah. I mean, that's. That's, that's, that's got to be a great experience. And you don't have to pretend to be anybody but exactly who you are. And people are just like right. excited. Everyone can express who they are. It's just so cool. So I'm going to be doing uh, in New Jersey. Next weekend, I'm going to be doing Chiller Theater in, in New Jersey. So that's going to be very cool. Nice, nice. Yeah. And there's actually yeah. a... There's not a whole lot of horror conventions in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area no which up no. <laughs> yeah i'm in talks right now also to do uh something in dallas um very soon oh yeah next month also at the end of the month i'm going to be i think doing famous monsters of, of film land oh yeah 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 so yeah and doug bradley's doing the one in san jose later in the year but I, i'm not available for that one although they wanted me for that one i'm like do I want to be at a convention with Bradley before the movie right. comes out? Right. <laughs> a little reticent. A little reticent. Right, I understand. Anyway. So, yeah. so, Paul, what is what is next for you? I mean, so so you're obviously doing this this James the Giant Giant Peach play. I mean, do you have anything yeah. lined up right now? Yeah. No, I kind of, as far as theater, I've just been kind of like, meh. Something else yeah. will come along. I've just been skipping, audi- just not auditioning for stuff. Just kind of, or, or actually, I was supposed to audition for something recently, and I had to cancel my audition because I got a little film project. I'm like, well, I'd rather do this, so okay. Right. Um, I'm just sort of, I want to be more free. If I'm doing theater, then I'm not free to do t- TV roles or, or movies. So, you know, I don't know exactly what's next. I know there, I've, there are a couple films that are either written now and they're working on funding and I've already been cast in, or there I have a friend who's writing a film for me. So, and then I did another horror film called um, uh, Sick for Toys, which is um, you can look it up on IMDb. I have a small role in that. That's that's a horror film, that, a very you know independent horror film that's shot in North Texas. What was the name of that little town? I don't remember, but. Um, so work is picking up for me with the film, um, and so I'm sort of letting the theater work not be as crucial as it used to be. Although right. it's how I get my health insurance, but anyway, because I'm in the union. <laughs> but you know, you gotta you gotta weigh these things, and theater takes such a chunk out of your life that sometimes it makes you not available for films, and that would just break my heart. Right, got to be available for this stuff. <laughs> right, you know. Well, you've been and in making. Some, you've had small roles in. Uh, you were in uh, Sin City, right? And uh, there was a movie. Yeah, about, that was my first movie. Yeah. Yeah, and and there was a movie about um. Uh, oh shit! Oh Albert. Oh Fish. the. Yeah, Albert Fish. It was called uh, the Gray Man. The Gray Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was such a good shoot. That was such a cool shoot. Oh my! What a funny. This is a funny story, okay? I'm on. I'm. I have one scene, and I'm in in the scene with uh oh, what's his name? Jack Conley, who's done some major work. I mean, he's done some major films, and he's he's the star of this movie. 
Jack Conley, and uh, I had a scene with him. I'm the Western Western Union manager. I'm this little dweeby guy with glasses, and I'm kind of nervous and mean, and didn't don't want to help. Kind of prissy, don't want to help him. Um, but we we do the wide shot. Then we bring the cameras in. We do the the second, you know, a little closer. Then we do his close ups. They turn around the camera to do my close up. They we do one take of me doing my close up, and then there's a banjo parade out in the street of this little town. It might have been Edmond. It was some little Oklahoma town near Edmond. Um, and they, it went on and on and on. We're using this old bank building, and we could not film while it was happening. And this went on and on and on for like 20 minutes. And finally the director said, okay, we're moving on. And I said, oh, my God, I only got one shot at my close-up. And Jack turns to me and he goes, no, you were good. Trust me. Or you wouldn't have moved on. I'm like, sure. So I see it. I'm like, okay. I look nervous as hell because I was, but it it fit the it fit the character. It looked, I looked like a little worm, which is kind of my kind of my bread and butter sometimes. Like a worm looking like glasses. looking like a worm. <laughs> looking like a little dweeb. Yeah. That, um, that, uh, so it's so weird to play Pinhead now because Pinhead's definitely not a worm or a dweeb. It's just like he's just unpleasant. Yeah, <laughs> right. He's just an, an unpleasant fellow. Well, uh, Paul, I think I think that's good. Now. I mean, we're out of time now. I, I very cool. Been, that's hey, great. No, you you've huh? been great, man. I really appreciate <laughs> you. We've run out of tape, to us, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really. Oh, it's my pleasure, Ryan. Yeah, and uh, Daniel actually has. We like to end our little interviews with uh, one dumb question. So okay. Daniel's going to ask you one dumb since Daniel's been mostly silent in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I, hey, I've silent been, Dan. Uh, I, I've just been uh, in awe in here. That's uh, <laughs> definitely been been a super interesting listen for me. Oh, uh, cool. Thank you. So I would say, let's, uh, you know, since wormy's your thing, my dumb question would be if you were an earthworm, how long would you be? <laughs> I would be eight feet long. Eight feet long. There it is. I'd be eight feet long. <laughs> that is a massive earthworm. <laughs> it's just so terrible. weird because I'm doing. There's an earthworm character in this play that I'm doing right now. It's an earthworm. <laughs> you know what's funny? Is, tall, but... He came, he came up with this question beforehand, so it's like, uh, whoa. See, yeah, this is so weird. There are no coincidences. It's just so weird. You look at the signs, and they're there, you know? Uh, yeah, man, there you go. It's crazy. We're all on this path or whatever. I'd well, be uh, Paul, I, I want to thank you again, man. You've been you've been great. It's been great talking to you. I'm really excited to see your take on Pinhead. I'm really excited for this Hellraiser movie, man, and I really appreciate you calling in and, and talking to us tonight. It's been my pleasure, Ryan, truly. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it myself. Well, keep in touch, man, and we will talk to you later. Okay, I will. And thanks, DJ. It's DJ. Yeah, no no problem. Not just Daniel. All right, thank you, guys. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, man. Have a great night. All right, you too. So that's going to do it for this very special episode of Gorgab. I want to thank Paul T. Taylor again for coming on and talking to us and having such a great conversation with us. He's a great guy, and we really hope to have him back on the show in the future. Next week, check back. We are going to have our review of The Void. Until then, stay gory. This episode was brought to you by Cubholder Radio. 
You can find more episodes of this show and others at cupholderradio.com or wherever podcasts are sold. If this podcast doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight.